1: The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Good afternoon. This is the Reasonable Voices News Talk program, and I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. My guest today is Andrea Miller. She is the Executive Director of People Demanding Action, a multi-issue advocacy group, a non that promotes clean energy in Virginia and nationwide. Andrea is a former congressional candidate, a fierce advocate of solar energy, cl- climate justice, and fair voting practices, reclaiming our vote and organizing for justice. In 2004, Andrea transitioned to Homeland Security It and developed training programs. As a consultant to state and county emergency management agencies, Andrea understands the importance of maintaining critical infrastructure, power, and communication. As an IT professional, Ms. Miller is responsible for PD Action's digital strategy, and she customizes advocacy tools for both small to medium-sized organizations through the Progressive Support Project and today we're talking about Americans reclaiming our vote. Voter registration broke all records in 2018, but how many people actually voted or were allowed to vote is the question. Voting is a sacred privilege, but does the 24th Amendment guarantee one person, one vote? Let's discuss this and other important voting and election updates with my favorite Virginian from Chicago. Andrea Miller. Andrea, how are you today?
0: I am great. Good morning, Marcello. And today is voter registration day, so happy voter registration day.
1: Fantastic. Yes, you're absolutely right. We are recording on voter registration day. I remember noting that this morning. Excellent. Well, I'll call that a sign. Here we go then. Well, first of all, people, not everybody understands this, I'm still getting used to it, but Virginia has elections every year. So who will we be electing in November 2019?
0: Well, as you say, Virginia has elections every year. Now, because this is an odd numbered year, we are electing our state Officers. So that means all 140 seats in the General Assembly, the entire Virginia State Senate, and the entire Virginia House mm. is up for reelection.
1: And, and the Virginia General Assembly in Richmond, Virginia, is like our state Congress. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. This is our state government. Virginia is one of the few states that elected to have or chose to elect federal officials On even years well and that's national every even year we have congressional elections and every fourth year we have presidential on top of congressional elections now most states say you know what this election business is hard it's complicated it makes us crazy we're only going to do it basically once a year. Virginia, we're only going to do it once every two years. Virginia's like, eh, we're crazy anyway. We'll held elections every year, just for fun
1: seats. Yeah. Yes, it does seem a little crazy, although I do always vote in Virginia. Okay, so the entire General Assembly is up for re-election, and that includes the House of Delegates and, of course, the state senators. Um, And and by the way, just down clearly, very short walking distance from the General Assembly building is the governor's mansion. So now that we sort of know the layout, you have a new organization called Center for Common Ground. How is that different from people demanding action? You do so much. And how do they, by the way, tie into the Poor People's Campaign? That's three different organizations I know you're... Uh, actively involved with? Tell us. Uh,
0: All right, all right. Um, Now, People Demanding Action is a 501c4, which means it is an advocacy organization, or you can think of it as a lobbying group. And because we are a C4, that means we have the ability to advocate for legislation, not candidates, at both the federal and the state level. So that's what People Demanding Action does. Well, what we discovered in 2017 is we love doing election work. But a C4 organization is not really built for... Um, Doing elections The way we do it In terms of voter education And voter services So we needed A 501c3 organization Hence Center for Common Ground Mm. Now How do these organizations Tie into the Poor People's Campaign Well The Poor People's Campaign Does have a need To do advocacy remember it was born for Moral Mondays which went to the North Carolina State House and advocated for legislation for the poor and the disenfranchised. Well the Virginia Poor People's Campaign does the same thing so People Demanding Action prepares and organizes all the packets for the Virginia Poor People's Campaign when they go down to the State House in January and February to advocate for voting rights, for $15 an hour living wage, and for good climate solutions. Now. The C3, on the other hand, that organization works to empower voters. So we reach out to what we call underrepresented voters. These are normally going to be voters of color. Frequently, they're going to be poor. And we make sure that they have the photo ID that's necessary to vote. Some people don't have the proper photo ID because they don't have the money to get their background documents. So we make sure they're able to get their background documents and ultimately get their photo ID. Some people don't have a way to get to the polls we make sure they can get to the polls. So that is how we work with the Poor People's Campaign. We work all the voting technology, run the voter files, and then Poor People's Campaign folks not on doors, um, and um we work on notifying voters that have been deregistered that they're deregistered and we help them get registered again and when it's time to vote we knock on other doors of people who are able to vote they have the ability and we make sure that they're going to be able to get to the polls have their photo id so that's how the organizations work together
1: Wow. So, so wow. I mean, it's, it, I'm aware of each organization individually. And I, I guess I just, because I know you, I just assume they were all tied together in some way. But when you break it down like that, it's, it's like you, and I'm, I guess I feel silly saying this, because again, knowing you, I'm sure this is what has happened. It's like you looked at the entire big picture of what is needed most in our electoral process, and that is to get all voters who are legally qualified to vote to the polls and protect them and their voting privilege to do so.
0: Right, correct. And I always like that you use voting privilege because if voting was a right, it wouldn't be quite so easy for people to take it away from
1: us. Yes. And, you know, let's, you know, and, and the reason, by the way, I'll confess, the reason I always say voting is a privilege is because I think on our very first interview years ago, you corrected me and said, no, 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 Marcello, voting is not a right talk to us a little about that because uh, you know everybody even many of our liberal friends will say you have a, we have a right to vote or fight for our right to vote what why is it not a right to vote but is a privilege like driving well,
0: uh, and historically when the united states first adopted its constitution only rich white men the privileged few were able to vote mm-hmm. so voting in the United States was never a right it was always a privilege that was periodically expanded through a constitutional amendment so the original constitution said property owning white men could vote So if you were white but didn't own any property, nope, you're not voting. Hmm. If you were non-white, we definitely don't want you voting. (laughs) And if you were a woman, get out of here with that. Your property, property doesn't vote.
1: Yes, I know. It may be painful for women to hear in 2019, but the the whole idea of course women have the right to the vote now but constitutionally but women are still constitutionally second class citizens which comes from a time when women were referred to as chattel yes
0: right. otherwise known as property
1: yes okay all right let's uh we're coming to the n- n- close to the end of this first segment we're going to end on some kind of upbeat let's see how about this a bit about Robert Greenwald. Robert Greenwald founded the Brave New Films which uh, I'm very much familiar with and his work. It's a non-profit film and advocacy organization whose work is distributed for free in concert with non-profit partners and movements in order to educate and mobilize for progressive causes. Now early on in this conversation you said you do not work with candidates but for causes can you can you tie those two things together and how if at all you're working with brave new films and they with you
0: well they have a new movie that releases officially either today or tomorrow Mm -hmm. and it's called suppress the fight vote And it's about what one town in Georgia went through to protect their ability to vote. So what powers that be decided in Georgia, this is a predominantly minority community They decided, you know what, it's too expensive to keep their polling location open. So what we're going to do is we're going to close it, knowing full well that a lot of the residents of that community were older, no longer had cars, no longer drove. So by relocating their polling location outside of their walk. Range that could, in effect, disenfranchise them. So, this film is about their fight to keep their polling location. Now, we know in North Dakota they were very, very successful. In uh, telling the Native Americans that lived on the reservation, oh, you guys can still vote. It's just when you show up to vote, you're going to have to give an actual street address. Mm, Well, to reasonable people, that sounds perfectly normal, except there were never street addresses on the reservation. Mm. Everybody had a P.O. box, and in the community center, you picked your mail up there. So they, in effect, were able to basically disenfranchise an entire reservation. So movies like Suppressed are very important so that those of us who are very privileged where no one is really making a major effort to take our ability to vote away, it it helps us understand, well, if you were poor, if you were older, if you were community of color, there are things that people could do that would, in effect, disenfranchise you. But these folks weren't having it, they stood up and they fought back.
1: All right, Um, we're going to take a break, but I want to remind everyone that um, what we're talking about at this moment is suppressed, the Brave New Films, film suppressed the fight to vote if it doesn't come out today it is coming out soon it certainly will be out by the time this program airs but you can go online and I and find the trailer and I will tell you it is eye-opening stay with us we'll be right back there's a lot more to talk about we don't need Russians to steal American elections and Andrea Miller is going to tell you the many ways that there are some who try to steal our election every election and not just in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Stay with us, we're talking with Andrea Miller, the Executive Director of People Demanding Action Reclaiming Our Vote. Stay with us, we'll be right back. Taking care of an Alzheimer's patient is a pretty much a full-time...
0: 50% of caregivers die uh, while they Please are caring for ...awareness
1: somebody. about Alzheimer's and research. Just because someone's mind is being diminished does not mean that uh, the ordinary physical things don't happen. They can uh, have a sore throat and not be able to tell you. They can have something in their eye and not be able to explain it. So you have to be aware that in every respect, life is still going on for them physically. Even though you are focused on the the mental dementia, the, the person is still living a life physically and emotionally. For all those who see this video, I hope you will learn more than I ever did before you ever have to know it. That's my message. Support, please, the Alzheimer's Association. Thank you. Please call 800-272-3900. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices news talk program. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando. My guest today, Andrea Miller, the executive director of People Demanding Action, very much involved with uh, reclaiming our vote and organizing for justice, and of course now, a Center for Common Ground. So I thought I was pretty up on the various ways uh, that uh, Our votes are stolen or discarded, or you know, we all remember Florida, most of us. But people who don't want us to vote have become a lot more sophisticated than just bad working voting machines, although those are still prevalent. Anyway, I'll let Andrea bring us up to date with that. But I do wanna touch on first, what should people do in Virginia or anywhere in the country? We have obviously a major election coming up in 2020 as well as the election on November 5th for the Virginia General Assembly in 2019. But what should people do to be vote ready?
0: Well, every voter in America should at least every four to six months check your voter registration status and make sure that it is active. And you can do that by either going to the Board of Elections website, where normally they will say, put in your name and your address, and they'll sometimes ask for other identifying pieces of information, and then it will come back with your voter status. Very importantly, where the voter file thinks you live. So if you moved, it's like, oops, better update my voter registration. And then it will also frequently let you check where do I actually go and vote. And this is very, very important because normally when the Board of Elections removes voters from the rolls, they remove tens of thousands at a time. Mm. So that's why I tell people check multiple times during the year because most states don't offer automatic voter registration and the voter registration period closes 30 to to 45 days before an election. So you want to make sure that your registration status is active.
1: And you know we want to make the point, as someone did in in Congress uh, just recently, that no matter what is happening to women or whatever the uh, demographic in the way of pay, Whatever is happening in that inequality in just that one area, it is always worse for women of color yes. uh, and and so we make this point about voting that it is hard it hits hard minority neighborhoods. but I want to make clear that voter suppression, as does by the way the trailer I watched, suppressed the fight to vote from brave new films. There were, I think, clear indications that regardless of color, the elderly are targeted by this. Yeah. Of course, women are. They always get the short end. But, but also people of different sexual preferences than, than maybe some people in, in charge of voting. There were just a lot of people uh, uh, discriminated against and their votes. I mean, even uh, young students who vote absentee not being allowed to get their absentee ballot. I mean, there were just so many. But so let's get to, by the way, I guess I'm jumping ahead of myself, but we need you to to really spell it out for us. I always say, and I'm not joking when I say it, we don't need Russians to steal American elections. We do that uh, state by state, all by ourselves. So let's talk about some of those uh, 20 ways you sent me, a list, 20 ways to lose a vote. Or voter. Tell us.
0: Right. And they break down across a couple of categories voter registration, what happens on election day, and then also the voting equipment that they choose, which is really what happens on election day. Mm. So let's go through them. They're not in any particular order. Item number one, felony disenfranchisement. Mm. There are still more than 5 million people that are impacted by this one issue alone voter intimidation at the polls so in many southern states you will find precincts located not at schools but at things like granaries feed stores where there will be no restriction about being very close to the polling location and obviously armed with a semi-automatic weapon. Mm. So voter intimidations at the poll is still very much a thing. Ballot harvesting, we saw that in 2018 in North Carolina when nefarious people started contacting elderly voters that were going to vote absentee and said, hey, why don't you give us your ballot and we'll take it in for you? Well, if they were voting the wrong way, guess what? Their ballot never got taken in. Interstate cross-check. That's actually beginning to die out because the system has been proven to be such a fraud. But in its heyday, it disenfranchised close to seven and a half million voters, meaning two voters that had the same name across 22 states, all those voters would get deregistered because it was claimed. They were voting in multiple states. Yes. Firmly enough, I know it's hard to believe most of those voters were of color. Big surprise there. Now, here's one that a lot of people don't know, and a lot of people get hurt by it. If voting is a right, then we should be able to vote if we want to and not vote if we don't want to. That's our right. Yes. Well, that's not our right. You will be deregistered in almost any state if you consistently choose to not vote. If you miss the equivalent of two presidential elections, you a have probably already been deactivated, and now that last election that you miss, you will now be deregistered. Hmm. Close polling location. One of the things that we saw in 2016, we also saw it in 2018, we even saw it in Virginia in 2017, the Board of Elections chooses to close polling locations frequently in poor African-American communities where the polling location is on a public transportation line and they move it not very far away, but somewhere that isn't on a public. You can't vote on a broken voting machine. So that means that a line starts to form up, people are waiting to vote, and that line gets longer and longer, and eventually, working people go, I can't stay here in this line, I gotta go to work. Mm. And parents are going, I can't stay here in this line, I gotta go get my kids from childcare, because otherwise, if I'm late, that bends like a health payment. And then periodically, and again, we see this every year inadequate notification that a poll location is either going to be closed or relocated. Mm. And in many instances, when the voters arrive, there's just a sign that says it's closed. There isn't anything, unless some nice citizen puts it up, that tells people where the polling location moved to. Now, if you are really comfortable doing things online, you can look it up online and figure out where you vote. But again, when we're talking about older citizens, they may not be that comfortable going online trying to figure out where they vote now. Exact signature match, we saw this in Georgia, and the question becomes, how many people always make their signature exactly the same way, and could you do it if you weren't looking at your signature? Mm. I'm going to do two at the same time, no same-day registration. Same-day registration would allow a person to go to vote, discover that for some bizarre reason they had been deregistered, and then they could simply register that same day and vote. Now, they have such a thing in North Carolina, they call it early voting or one-stop voting, where you can register and vote same day, same place. When we worked in North Carolina, re-election, Hurricane Dorian cut off two days of early voting. Yes. The other one that is directly related is automatic voter registration. Mm -hmm. States like, very blue states like California, like Washington, like Oregon you're automatically registered. Just like when you turn 65 years old, you automatically hear from Social Security and Medicare, A you're 65, why don't you sign up? Here, when your mail starts going to a new address and you file a new address form and the Board of Elections figures out, ha ha, they moved, they no longer live there, now they live over here. Why don't they automatically register you? Instead, if you forget to update your registration and you show up at your no polling location, they don't have you on their poll book. So you either, A, go to your old polling location and there frequently may not be time that you're trying to vote after work. Mm. Or B, they're going to make you vote a provisional ballot. Yes. Voter disinformation. We're seeing less and less of this one. Signs or letters being sent to voters saying, oh, due to some unforeseen circumstances, you now vote on Wednesday. Yeah. Gee. No, American elections have always been on Tuesday. Even yes. when they're weird, special elections, yeah. they're still on Tuesday. Yes registration renewal requirements, I've got to give Texas this one. In Texas, you have to renew your voter registration more frequently than you renew your driver's license. You have to renew your voter registration every two years in Texas. Otherwise, they deactivate you. And then ultimately, if you skip a couple of elections, Texas will deregister you. There are 5.1 million deregistered voters in Texas. Wow a lack of weekend voting. As we see fewer and fewer union households and more and more people that are hourly wage workers, the fact that we don't vote on weekends where most people are not working really is becoming a problem. Do you know why we vote on Tuesday? Why do we? in colonial days when your rich white male voters wanted to vote they had to go to town from their uh-huh. farms plantations oh, yes. well if they left on sunday they would normally be there always by tuesday yes that's why we vote on tuesday so i don't know how many millions of americans are living on farms where it takes us two days to make it into town so this is a tradition that really needs to go away
1: exactly yes
0: restrict voter registration laws. We see all kinds of crazy things slipping in voter registration. In Virginia, in order to register voters, you must be certified by the Board of Elections. In some states, we'll see a restriction on how many voters you can register or how many voters you can help just all manner of crazy th- Things about who can register people to vote and under what circumstances and when. Mm. It's it's just nuts. Yes. And then I did the two of them together, rules restricting how many voters you can help at once. Yes. It's like, oh, well, gee, if you help somebody register, now you're only allowed to help three people. So you've got your parents and an elderly aunt that you were gonna give a ride to the poll, eh, pick whoever you're gonna leave behind because you can only help two more people. Silly nonsense like that. And then the question becomes, and how do you enforce that? Yes. So a lot of it's ridiculous. Mm. Now, this is a Virginia one. You have to have an approved excuse for absentee voting. Really? so i have to ask mommy and daddy permission to absentee vote and my reasons for absentee voting must fall into one of their ten items on their list. So I normally absentee vote because I'm always working at the polls or in some other way involved with elections on election day. Mm -hmm. Well, what if I just want to absentee vote because I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing on election day? That's not allowed in Virginia.
1: Yes, I, I know that. I know that from personal experience. It was quite a run around. But okay, I don't right. want to interrupt you. Limited or no early voting?
0: There are some states where you vote on election day and they may or may not have some form of absentee voting. Usually it's fairly complicated. I mean, I like what they used to do in North Carolina. They're trying to change it. They would have early voting where 10 days for the election actually could be longer, and they would normally include a weekend. You could vote early just because you wanted to.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And then confusing notification regarding your change of voting status. That's that infinite postcard that you get in the mail. People get the postcard, it looks like junk mail, they throw it away, Mm -hmm. should be first class letter. Or people get the postcard, they look at it, they go, yeah, I live here, and they throw it away. Well, the fine print of the postcard said you don't send it back then we're going to deactivate your voter registration. In some states like North Carolina, they actually say, you don't send it back, we're going to deregister you. People don't read the fine print and the details, and they end up getting deregistered. And then we've already dealt with the last one, no automatic voter registration. If I show up to vote, I want to vote if I am eligible to vote other than I'm not registered, register me right then and there, which would be if I had a right to vote. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes, well, you just so succinctly went through that list. I'm so glad we uh, took the time to do that. 20 ways to lose a vote or voter and I hope people will not only listen to this podcast, but pause and go back and play it over and over again until we really internalize what Andrea Miller, the executive director of People Demanding Action, has been telling us today. We must reclaim our vote. It is a privilege that we cannot take for granted, Remember, voting, for the most part, is a state government function. That is, all 50 states do it their own way. And that, well...
0: That that opens us up to a multitude of interesting sins.
1: Yes. (laughs) You put it much better than, than what I was thinking about saying. Andrea, give us some parting words. What do you want us to take away from this? We must go, but this has been, as always, incredibly necessary conversation of information and and education. Tell us, what do you want us to be thinking about after we listen to this between now and November?
0: Well, number one, I want you to make sure your voter registration is active and everybody that you know is active. Voter registration in Virginia closes on October 15th. Now we have a text to check your registration so all you folks who text text my vote to 804-475-2241 and you can also check online you can go to URL Slash VAPPC, Virginia Poor People's Campaign. And you can also go to the Poor People's Campaign website, and the right hand side has a section on voter information. Poor People's Campaign hyphen va.org.
1: Very good. All right. Thank you so much, Andrea Miller, for being our guest today on the Reasonable Voices. talk news program. It's just always a pleasure. It's always enlightening, no matter how much I I know and think I know about the whole electoral process. When I listen to you, I realize it's not something you can take for granted. You can't just say, oh, yes, I've heard that, I got it. You have to really pay attention. And for something as important, something as sacred, dare I say that, as voting, for no other reason to protect our country from, um, shall we say, misleading government choices. Uh, and so, you know, you gotta know what's going on. You have to pay attention. Thank you so much, Andrea Miller, for being on the show. We wish you all the very best and all the very best for Center for Common Ground and the Poor People's Campaign and Reclaiming Our Vote and People Demanding Action and Brave New Films and all those wonderful organizations with whom you are involved, okay?
0: Take care, Marcello, and thank you, as always, for having me as your guest.
1: My pleasure. Bye now. Bye-bye. And now, enjoy Watch Fire Music, featuring vocal artist Julia Wade singing Beautiful, from her new CD, Sunday Morning. Oh, sing unto the Lord Song sing unto the Lord all the earth for the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Yes, the Lord is greatly to be. Marcello Rolando, the reasonable voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Supreme Court says Voting Rights Act of 1965 is no longer relevant. When DNC reports evidence to the FBI of bugging in their D.C. office, is our 2016 presidential election being rigged by Trump, invaded by Russians, water-gated by a politicized FBI, or... Or is it simply the natural fallout voted for by Chief Justice John G. Roberts, Jr., leading a 5-4 to supreme fantasy that the Voting Rights Act of 1965 has outlived its balance of power of, by, and for the people? No matter the early voting, the over-polled, or the media trumped, our 2016 election season is too close to call anything but a killing season for our pillars of civility and unity. This justifies the fear of our Founding Fathers that their exceptional idea couldn't survive without a collegiate prophylactic to protect the masses who just can't handle the truth from the extremism of mobs ruled by despots, demigods, and those seeking revitalized TV careers. Nonetheless. Regardless of our political leanings, if protest voters allow Trump land to secure a White House beachhead in what was for one brief shining moment the land of the free, and non-voters fail to comprehend not voting is a resounding vote, we will have allowed arrogance and apathy to parent and bequeath to our children the worst of the neocons." It's better for Americans when our elections are motivated by facts grounded in truth, rather than an imagined past that was never our national path to glory. 2016 isn't about Clinton and Trump, or even right-wing extremism gasping to breathe life back into Grover Norquist's desire to drown our Gettysburg Address in his narrow ring around the tub. America's greatness comes from its faith in all Americans. There but for the grace of God and the thanksgiving generosity of Native Americans, we couldn't overcome the human flaw of derisive division without letting freedom ring. We can either relearn how to listen to each other to be stronger together, or choose to ignore America to death. Like the Revolutionary and Civil Wars, our revolution is not about one person, not even one as honorable as Senator Bernie Sanders. The revolutionary lesson from both Sanders and Trump is not Jefferson's, but that both the far left and right want to drain the swamp of our financially compromised, gridlocked Washington and voter intimidation state governments. The difference is, Sanders supporters realizing Congress is only the go-between hydra for the underworld of Wall Street overlords don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. At least since November 22, 1963, our natural national evolution has been racing with the conservative reaction to it. And now it's closing the gap, but some of us still just can't imagine the rainbow." As nation and people, we are at a cultural, political, and gender equality crossroads. Either we progress forward with all-inclusive solutions, or simultaneously take hard left and right turns, refusing to watch each other's six. However, there is no reversing, for the great inner peace we seek isn't behind us. Everyone makes some bad choices in life, but few as bad as resisting inevitable change as bad as GOP congressional obstructionism and as bad as Chief Justice John G. Roberts Jr., who, ignoring Citizens United, insisted that we have nothing to fear in our electoral process. Yet, allegedly, some FBI agents have decided we are a nation of people who talk the patriotic talk without walking the constitutional walk. They've sworn to preserve, protect, and defend. Exceptionalism is, American elections are to be left in the hands, hearts, and minds of we the people, of every hue, colorful language, political bias, and sexual drinking end-of-the-day partner. Not coke-red mapping, hacking by Trump's Russian buddies, or FBI illegals. Creating an America for which hypocrisy is a given. The question for each of us Tuesday, November 8, 2016 is, are we voting to save our portion of an American dream in tatters from domestic terrorists or to relegate America to an underground railroad stealing away from itself? Join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Thank you.